to listen to the Left Traffic Podcast. What is up, Lap Traffic Nation? Welcome, episode 239 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Hey, we are 10 for 12. That isn't all bad, considering we still basically have halfway to go in the regular season. With some road courses, you know, we got to assume Elliott, Hamlin, Harvick are going to get a win. You know, 13, 14, who knows? What's going to happen is uh, we get some equalizers, like I said, with the road courses. Uh, of course, we got Daytona to close out the regular season. Oh, so much to talk about, lots to do. Got a busy night, going to be on PETM podcast later tonight, so make sure you come check that out. And something I know they'll agree with me on. And can we please, can we please, listen, I get the, I don't get, but I understand the, the thought process behind competition cautions, uh, you know, from a tire wear perspective for the teams with no practice, all that kind of, I, get, I do get it. But if a natural caution comes out, can we call it within a percentage of laps from when that one's going to can NASCAR just have the discretion to say, hey, uh, well, this is going to be our comp caution so that we don't have uh, the, the, the melee that happened on Friday night. Again, get into all that. Lots to talk about. Um, I put it out there on Twitter earlier today. Show might go a tad long, and I'll tell you why in just a second. Uh, first, man, the weather up here in Michigan just will not break. Like 48 degrees and raining all weekend on Friday and Saturday. Sunday was not, or I'm sorry, Saturday was nice. Friday and Sunday were were nasty. Yesterday, Monday was nasty, uh, but. Things are looking better. It's supposed to be in the upper 60s tomorrow and then trend upward, which means I can get back on the golf course. Uh, the deck is finally done. It's amazing. It's so badass. So after a month of not being able to smoke any meat, uh, I was finally able to smoke a couple chickens on Saturday, which felt good. Had that smoker fired back up, which was great. Um, hope you guys enjoyed last week's show with Spencer Boyd and the guys from Angry Brew. Uh, just just a reminder, uh, have not forgot about the J-Ski bonus shows. Those will be back starting next Thursday. Dust, Dustin Albino and I uh, are going to recap the Dash for Cash event in the Xfinity series. If you guys know and follow Dustin, uh, he's an Xfinity guy. That's what he does. Uh, so it's going to be awesome to uh, recap these last four weeks with the Dash for Cash event. So looking forward to that. Uh, also, next Tuesday for the Tuesday night show, Jeff Striegel is back. Him and I are going to break down the first half of the season. So can't wait to get Jeff back on. Uh, tonight, though, Really excited. Uh, Michael Carey, uh, he's over at tobychristie.com. He's done some stuff with Race Hub and Fox and NBC. Uh, he's going to be out, and he's also friends with the old lap traffic intern, Dan Ryan. So I got both of those guys as well as fresh off his P2 finish from this weekend on Saturday afternoon. Josh Berry is going to make his lap traffic debut. Uh, little shakeup to the format. Uh, Michael, Dan, and I are really going to kind of wrap up uh, Darlington and mix that in all with like uh, just a random roundtable, which is really cool. So uh, that'll be in the mix. 
Uh, got social media shout outs getting closer. Uh, and then Aaron Studwell's got the weather for Dover, Lucky Dog, Lap Down, and of course, Fantasy to roll it out or finish it out, not roll it out, finish it out. So let's get things started. Uh, let's kick this thing off and get Josh Barry on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line. He's driven just about everything under the sun. He's got over 75 late model stock car victories. He's currently the driver of the number eight with JRM in the Xfinity Series. He picked up a win a couple weeks ago at Martinsville and finished P2 this past weekend at Darlington. Welcome to the Lap Traffic Podcast, Josh Berry. Josh, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing really good. Uh Thank you for having me. Looking forward to this. Yeah, no, I appreciate you, man, for sure. Uh, you know, so there's so many things we could talk about, and and I bet you got stories for a month. Uh, you know, so I know we're never going to scratch the surface, but um, listen, first things first. Where did you put the clock? <laughs> so it actually hasn't made it uh, made it home yet. Um, that was my thankfully my second one. Uh, that I won at Martinsville. So uh, the the one from the Xfinity race has been at Junior Motorsports for a couple weeks, but uh, we're getting ready to uh, pack it up and and bring it home here probably this week. Nice, very cool. You, I mean, you got a couple spots you think it might go? <laughs> Man, I don't know. Um, I don't have a I don't have a real big house or anything, <laughs> so I'm gonna uh, still work still working on that exactly. And I got a I got a one year old that is um into absolutely everything right now sure. so so uh we need to keep it out of keep it out of her reach a little bit absolutely. too absolutely i get that for sure well listen man you know you've won some track championships at the local levels late model championships uh you know for the fans out there that that maybe don't know your backstory all that well you know walk us through your 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 career getting started and and you know up until getting running in the xfinity series yeah, so basically I started racing um, when I was eight years old uh, in go-karts. Um, you know, ran those for a number of years, uh, moved up, ran a, like a four-cylinder um, stock class, and then and then actually got a legend car and raced legend cars for about three years. That was probably till about um, 2009, so by that point I'd been racing about, about 10 years, and um, basically when I was 19 – um, racing legend cars at the national fairgrounds is actually where I raced at on the quarter mile there. And, um, did I racing a lot? Uh, still do still enjoy, uh, it's a hobby of mine. It's just, you know, I racing an online racing over the course of the years and, sure. and, uh, built a relationship with Dale jr. On there a little bit. Um, nothing, you know, I never really thought anything of it other than that. We, he just, he enjoyed it racing on there and so did I and we just kind of became friends and um basically that turned into that friendship kind of turned into him uh offered me an opportunity to test his late model stock at uh at Motor Mile Speedway in Virginia um they were at a little different spot with their with the late model program at, at JRM and um, you know, I just was in the right place at the right time. I got an opportunity to do a test and the test went well and that turned into a couple of races. And, um, you know, a couple months later I, I moved to North Carolina and, and began working for, for JRM. And that's been, um, you know, over, over 10 or 11 years ago now. So, um, that's I, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's really a crazy story. Um, uh, thinking back on it now, I've just been very fortunate to, to even you know race a stock car you know a late model or anything and um like i said we just kind of worked um 
and uh you know a bunch of people over the years we've just worked and uh kind of built this late model stock program into into what it is today which is you know really one of the best in the in the southeast really in our area and you know we've won a ton of races and championships and and uh you know last year a national championship so that um you know all those things kind of led into this uh you know expanding opportunity this year um i've had a couple expanding opportunities here there over the years and, and done some different things and different opportunities here there but really this was the first uh substantial um you know real shot for me um getting 12 races all consecutively and yeah, I think it's went pretty well. No, I mean, it's been incredible. You know, uh, I, I want to get to that in just a minute. But first, just to kind of piggyback off of, of what you, you had said, you know, I mean, that is an incredible story. Like, you know, just I racing with Junior and boom, you know, 10 years later, here you are, you know, running for him and all that kind of stuff. That That's cr- so crazy. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, um, you know what it's like to have, have, have grown with JRM's uh their late model program and and how that team's developed a little bit over the years since you started working for and and racing with that with with that program yeah so um you know the in in 2010 was when i moved to north carolina and and really at the time at the late model program we just had one car and and uh was racing sporadically here there and um Really, we just kind of started there with that. And uh, at the time, I were I actually worked at Gina Motorsports in, on the Xfinity team as like a a, a teardown and and a parts washer. And I washed the washed the cars after the races and stuff. So I kind of had uh, I've kind of done everything um, over the course of the years. So this, um, yeah, I think that's what's made this year so special. But yeah, the late model program we just kind of in the early years you know we just um kept uh kept working and trying to get better i think you know me i was i was young but not real young but you know pretty hands-on with the program and it just took us a couple years to really get the you know the people in place and uh um you know get the cars where we needed to and you know, really through like in the middle, you know, like I want to say 2014, I think was our first year. We brought in some new help, Ryan Schaefer. He was, uh, he's like a great friend of mine and, and he's been with the program ever since then. He, he come in and we, uh, actually brought in William Byron, um, for a second late model team. And that was his first stock car opportunity. Um, and me and William raced all year at you know, Hickory and, and some other places. And that was really when we kind of turned the corner with our program. I think we started, um, we were able to, to run two, two cars and bring in some more people and, and step our deal up. And that was really kind of the, the beginning of the, the run that, that I've been on in, in the late model car. Um, you know, like I said, we've just been, uh, you know, just racing, racing all over the Southeast. Um, you know, our, it seems like every year our, uh, you know, goals have, have changed and things have changed what we're trying to accomplish with our program, but it's been a great home for me. Um, you know, I really love that race and I love, love the people and I love, love what I get to do. And, and, um, you know, just, just running the short track stuff. Um, sure. you know, I mean, it's been a, it's been a great opportunity for me and, and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, I've always wanted to move my career up the ladder, but, you know, the reality of it is, is it's just, um, you know, it just takes a lot of funding and different things. And, 
um, you know, I'm so grateful for what, for what I've been doing. Yeah, no, like you said, you know, like just to get the, the first, you know, right place, right time. And it takes a lot of right place, right times and right sponsors, right money, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's so incredibly difficult, but it can happen, which is, which is the cool thing. Um, all right. So 13th start Xfinity series and you pick up the win, man. Talk about Martinsville a little bit, the emotion behind that race, that win and, and how that is really fueled, uh, you know, midway here through your uh stint in the first half of the season yeah i think um you know when i when i went into this opportunity i had circled martinsville um you know as a great opportunity for us um i've got a lot of late model experience there and actually i'm still the um you know the reigning defending winner of the big late model stock race there from from 2019 and and uh, so, I, you know, I had a little extra confidence. I feel like going to that race, sure. but that's awesome. You know the, but the, um, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, I just know how tough the Xfinity Series is, and and it's so difficult to win these races, and just to be perfect, you know, you have to have, you have to have a great car and great strategy. Your pit stop's got to be great. Your restart's got to be great. So, I mean, I think going into that, I felt like it was a great opportunity for us, but you know, by no means said I feel like we were gonna you know, lead the most laps and win the race. I think, um, it was definitely, definitely possible, but, um, you know, we just executed. I think it was, a, you know, it, it was obviously a big deal for me personally sure. and, yeah, and, and for where, for my career, what, what we're going to do from here. But, um, you know, that, uh, it, it meant a lot to finally put the, the eight team in victory lane. They'd been, you know, that group had been formed for, um, you know, I believe this is the third year now and had a bunch of different drivers and, you know, this year is kind of the closest they've been to some normalcy with, you know, only a couple drivers and, um, you know, it just meant a lot to get those guys in victory lane. It was, it was a big deal to win that race and it just, uh, was just an amazing experience. And like I said, I think we, um, we really, uh, it really, built my confidence up a lot it was a it was a big weight off my shoulders to win that race i think you know i'm, I'm coming off of a uh you know I, uh, my 2020 season um in the late model car i won i believe 28 races wow in, that's incredible in uh yeah 28 it was like 28 races out of 40 starts and a national title for the for the nascar advanced auto parts uh weekly series yeah and uh so we're coming off all of this success and i think our expectations are you know we're we're a little high we felt like that this opportunity was something special could happen and you know, really through my my first uh you know five five starts or so um we had a lot of like just random events happening um you know we had uh really each race we felt like we were fast enough to run uh top 10 if not top five and just just had mistake after mistake and you know heading into martinsville i think like i said i was a little more confident but after the start of the season we had i think you know i just i just knew how tough it would be but we were able to get it done that's so cool man uh you, you almost backed it up this weekend at darlington finished p2 uh i mean from from the tv man it was eventful uh you know not maybe as chaotic as the truck race was but it's looked like it was going to start out that way you know what'd you see from the driver's seat man as, as you worked your way up uh throughout the field there and, and all that on, on saturday afternoon 
Yeah, man, it was uh it was a blast, honestly. That that uh that track and the package that the the NASCAR Xfinity series has right now works so well at a place like that and and uh you know, we had a really good car. We knew we were kinda in the hole. We had a had a flat tire at Talladega late and then lost the lap, got the lap back and then it rained, so we, we were we didn't finish well at Talladega, so you know, that affects your starting spot for the fall and week. So we just knew we just kind of had to play patient, be patient early on, and and uh, just just take it as it went. And you know, early on, I felt like we had a really good car, and you know, we just um, worked a little strategy, had some things go our way, and then you know, ultimately, I thought we were um, you know on pace to finish fourth or fifth, which would have still been a great day. Um, you know, we had a late caution, pit crew nailed it, gave me a couple spots, and then you know they were racing for the win. So um, it was uh, like I said, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, it was, it was fun battling with Justin there at the end. I think, you know, the, everything with the, uh, you know, the restarts and whatnot, you're, can, you know, they're so critical and, and chaotic. um, <laughs> yeah, and chaotic. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think, um, I did fairly well and you know, Justin was able to get by me on that one and hopefully ended up being the difference, but still second was a great day for us. And, uh, you know, we're not going to hang our head too much. Sure. No. And, 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 you know, now you're qualified for the, the last dash for cash race here coming up this weekend at Dover. Uh, everything I've, I was able to do some research on, I, it doesn't look like you've turned a lap at Dover correct me if I'm wrong there, but, uh, you know, how do you get ready for a track that you either have zero or very little experience at and, and going out there and competing for that dash for cash yeah um you know it's going to be uh it's going to be a challenge um you know i'm working on it and uh you know as of right when we're, we're talking i'm not 100 sure but i believe i'm going to run the the arca east race on friday which will be a good um experience for me to, cool. to be able to get some laps before before the extended race but um you know it's, it's been difficult um you know, without practice, I think, you know, it's, it's, um, definitely it's, it's hard on someone like me because I think we waste the beginning part of the race, just kind of getting acclimated to the track and the the car and the track combo. I think that, that puts me a little bit behind some of uh, my competitors in that aspect, but, um, you know, our our RTA team and Taylor, they do a great job preparing the car and really we've had great cars on nearly every race and, and, you know, they do a good job of, of getting us close for, for not having practice. And, you know, um, you know, I feel confident that Delver will be the same. Like I said, hopefully we can, you know, make all the laps in that, in that ARCA race on Friday and that, that'll help, uh, you know, aid the start of our race on Saturday. That's great. No, that's cool. All right. Now, listen, what, what's coming up for you after, you know, the, the first half of the Xfinity series where, where will we be able to still see you race throughout the summer? Yeah, so um, you know, right now we're planning on uh, running the late model stock, um, you know, throughout the summer and into the fall, and um, we primarily base our schedule off the the cars tour. That's a that's a late model stock and a super late model tour that is based based in their headquarters is in North Carolina, and we race all over North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina. Um, that's kind of what we base our schedule off of with our late model program. And then, um, you know, towards the, towards the fall, we'll, you know, be at, uh, you know, a couple of the big late model, st- late model stock shows like the, uh, the, you know, Martinsville 300 in October. So, um, you know, I'll be short track racing. I'm, you know, working on, working on trying to, to find some more opportunities, um, in between there to, 
you know, to stay in the top three series, but, you know, we'll just have to see how that all plays out. Absolutely. Well, I, I sure hope to see you running full-time competing for this championship here. That's for sure. Um, listen, uh, real quick, um, give a shout out sponsors where everyone can follow you on social media and all that good stuff. Yeah. Like I said, thank you again for having me. Um, you know, I've got uh, pretty much all my social media is, is, is at Josh Berry with Twitter and Instagram and everything like that. And just, uh, just this whole uh, experience this year has been, it's been so much fun. I'm so grateful for Dale and, and LW Kelly, everybody at JRM for giving me an opportunity and all our sponsors that, that helped make that happen. Um, Tire Pros, they've been an exciting new partner of ours that that's really enjoyed having, having me and my, and my story. And, and, uh, you know, we've had Chevrolet filter time, um, Hendrick Motorsports obviously does a lot for, for JRM helping it get us going. And, uh, you know, late model team, um, we have, uh, all things automotive. That's been a long sponsor, sponsor of ours and, and I racing's on the hood actually a bit as well. So it's been a, we've got a lot of great partners and, you know, this year really it's, uh, it's been uh, hard to believe, um, you know, how well it's been going but it's definitely been a blast that's great man well listen i've had a blast thank you so much for being a part of the show this week i really appreciate it a lap traffic nation josh barry driver the number eight with jrm josh uh good luck this weekend look forward to having you back on the show sometime down the road man all right man thank you for having me thank you take care all right i'll see you see ya oh lap traffic nation great to add josh barry to the alum list of uh guests that have joined the lap traffic podcast but right now let's keep things rolling uh let's get michael carey on let's get the old lap traffic intern dan ryan on let's talk darlington and throwbacks and and all the good stuff to come out of this week all right lap traffic nation joining me on the line making his first appearance on the lap traffic podcast you might have seen him on race hub you might have read his work over at tobychristie.com welcome to the lap traffic podcast michael carey what's up brother how are you Brandon, a pleasure. Uh, I see a lot about your podcast. It's all over my feed some days, so I'm glad we could finally, you know, talk together. This is great. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's it's cool to hear that because you know, when you're tweeting and you're going through stuff, you don't know who's seeing stuff. So to hear that, that's yeah. that's it's very rewarding to me as an amateur podcaster to hear that. You know, so that's awesome. That's not amateur, man. Five uh, years. That's not amateur. <laughs> well, I, I ain't getting paid, so I'll, I'll still categorize it as amateur. But thank you. I, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, great to have you on. Excited to get to hear your story and, and uh, you know, what got you into racing and all that kind of stuff. And uh, talk about this past weekend, the season. Lots to talk about. Um, Lab Traffic Nation also. On the line, he's going to chime in every once in a while here tonight. Uh, he's been on a couple times. He was, is, slash, not sure, uh, the Lapped Traffic Podcast intern, Mr. Dan Ryan. What's up, man? How you been? Uh, I feel like it's this is after recapping the throwback weekend. This is definitely the best throwback anyone could have right here. Absolutely. I love it. It is so good to be back. <laughs> uh, it's good to have you, man. You know, we, you and I keep in touch, but uh, it's definitely been a minute since you've been on the show. Uh, glad to have you on as well. Uh, like I, I said a second ago, you know, we got lots to talk about between, you know, personal lives, racing, um, lot, lots to do. So uh, let's let's go about it like this. Let's let's start with Michael, man. Um, you know, y- you've y- you've been in the sport a while. You've been a fan of the sport a while. You're, you're on social media. I've seen your stuff. Dan was like, man, you got to get him on. Uh, you know, give everyone your 411. What got you into racing? Race Hub, Toby Christie, you know, give us give us the uh, the beat down on you. 
So I guess the first place to start is I was about two or three years old. And this is a story my mom tells. Uh, I was sitting in front of the TV one day, uh, just watching TV. She was flipping through the channels and racing. You know, there was a race on. Then you know, NASCAR came on. Um, she said that I saw Jeff Gordon's Rainbow Warrior 24 and fell in love with the car. Uh, she changed the channel and all of a sudden I started screaming and crying, would not stop. So she tried feeding me, she tried giving me toys, she tried calming me down, nothing worked. And then she put NASCAR back on and I stopped and I was happy. She did it one more time to see that she wasn't crazy, <laughs> happened again. So since two or three years old, you know, I've been very happy involved in racing. Um, it, it got pretty serious though, I would say around 2017 or so. Um when I joined up with Mark Zumoff, he's the 76ers play-by-play announcer. Uh, he has his own uh, kind of like a broadcaster development program. So I joined that uh, when I was still in college. I think it was a freshman in college. Um, and he had a connection to somebody over at Fox Sports. He's with NBC Sports. But, you know, in this business, everybody knows everybody. Sure. Um, so he, he got in contact with the Eagles and because I'm based in Philadelphia. And I got to work behind the scenes at an Eagles game uh, with Fox. So uh, coincidentally enough, the same gentleman who was directing the show at the time, uh, his name's Artie Kempner. You might have heard his name on the NASCAR on Fox broadcast by Mike Joy. Uh, he was working the NFL on Fox game, and he does NASCAR. So we sat down for 15 minutes. Uh, he said, you know, what is it that you want to do? And I said, I'd love to be working with Fox, uh, you know, working a career in NASCAR media. Uh, about a year later, I started working behind the scenes with them at races. I was a runner. Uh, so basically just just like an assistant to, you know, the talent. You know, I would, you know, build stuff up, tear stuff down. Um, at the time, I was working in the booth, actually. So I was with Jeff, Daryl, Mike Joy. Got to talk with them a lot. Um, and then I joined the NBC side of things because a good amount of the people behind the scenes will do both. Uh, they'll do the Fox stuff and the NBC stuff. Sure. Um so I became a runner for a couple of years. Uh, and at the same time, uh, there was one race where I was working in the Poconos and I had to pick up uh, Chris Myers from the Philadelphia International Airport. And I picked him up and we started talking. You know, he started telling me about his life. I started talking about my life. Um, he got me hooked up with the people in Charlotte at, at Fox Sports Studios in Charlotte. And um, they they offered me a, a, a race hub internship. Uh, so I got to spend four months working at NASCAR race hub, doing some, uh, video stuff for them, helping them generate new ideas for content. A couple of the features that I actually proposed to them actually were produced. Um, and then I got to do my own standup report with Kyle Bush, uh, at the NASCAR hall of fame. I got to do my own host, uh, hosting reel. I was the first intern to actually do a hosting reel on the new set, which was really awesome. Met a lot of great people. You know, we talked about CJ before the show started. He was one of the few, uh, that really taught me a lot of stuff while I was there. Um, and then ever since then, you know, I've been working still behind the scenes with NBC, uh, last year during the pandemic, that was, uh, interesting traveling to all these races during the pandemic. Um, and then last August I hooked up with tobychristie.com and, uh, been writing for them ever since, you know, Toby's a great, a great partner to work with. Uh, he gives me total freedom, whatever I want to write about. And then I have my own podcast as well. So it's, I'm everywhere. I mean, it's, it's a very busy schedule for me for that's, sure. That's what, what's your podcast name? So my podcast is called Under the Hood. Uh, basically, what started it off was uh, I would interview people behind the scenes, you know, learn more about, you know, those who I think deserve more attention. So I talked to a couple media members, you know, Hannah Newhouse, Dylan Welch, uh, Jacqueline Drake with the Cars Tour. Um, 
And then what that turned into was I started interviewing designers and we formed the designer roundtable uh, consisting of Harris Liu with Stewart House Racing, Emily Butler, Truex Management Group, Sean McGee, he does work with a bunch of teams, same with Ryan Daly and Kyle Sykes, he works for Trackhouse. And we formed this podcast group and we were doing multiple episodes just about, you know, for up and coming designers, you know, what is it that you should be looking out for? What should you be working on? Here's how to better your skills. And then, you know, that turned into its whole other, that's all a whole other beast. Uh, that launched the whole discord server with 350 designers in it. Uh, so it's, that's awesome. It's been a, it's been a busy year. It's been a very busy year, but, uh, you know, the design community is uh, an incredible group of people. Sure. So I got my first taste of discord, uh, a month, month and a half or so ago with, uh, Landon Castle, Parker Kligerman and the eraser series with the Carnomaly 500 and all that, you know, I did a lot of, uh, content for them around that and they were like well we're on discord and and i had ne- i i had to download the app had never used discord before right that's an incredible tool like that's something like you know i keep saying like i need to do tiktok uh content i need to do more instagram con- it, you just run out of time in the day especially when you know you've got a full-time job and all that kind of stuff but it's like man there's there's some untapped avenues out there i feel like that could be huge from a whether you're a social media producer podcaster youtube whatever it is that it's just like everybody does youtube everybody does twitter you know wh- where can you get in at that fresh start and be one of the first and, and really start building up well one of the unique things about the whole discord server is that there are about 350 designers in it right now everybody from complete amateurs to professionals that are working full-time jobs. And I, we put them all together. And there's there's different channels where you can submit your designs for feedback. Uh, you know, you can post your uh, non-NASCAR-related stuff, uh, your social content, uh, any designs you have on track. Um, and really in the last year, it's taught a lot of these designers where it's not a competition. You know, the whole community, the Discord server was designed to bring everybody together and to help build each other up. And from that, you know, we've actually, I've had sponsors, drivers, and teams that came to me asking, you know, hey, do you know any designer that might want to help us out with this and stuff like that? So the Discord server is actually getting people jobs and it's getting people work. So uh, Discord is an incredible tool to use, uh, especially when it, when you want to bring people together like that. Uh, you can't beat it. That's incredible. I, um, I will agree. I'll agree with what he's saying on that too, because I, I know Michael and I met up before and um, he talked about, you know, how he wanted to do that. And I thought that that was such a great idea. And now looking at having followed his career and, um, you know, following other people who do design, I think it's great because I'll watch a race too. And I'll see that, you know, all these designer schemes on track that I see in his, in that round table. And it's really, really, you know, inspiring to see how far they've come that's awesome you know and Mm -hmm. uh, michael you you had mentioned you know like you could start the podcast you know to kind of get people that you felt deserved extra recognition and i'll tell you anytime i can get a track on the show and dan can speak to this because dan's helped me get some tracks on the show like i just feel the tracks don't get enough airtime promotion like yeah sure you might get a commercial on fox or nbc week two weeks before that race but it's like really getting that track promoter some airtime to being able to talk about you know why fans need to come beyond the racing because you know over the last decade decade and a half like a race weekend has become an event like yes there's racing but it's you know hey 
some people come just for the concert. Some people come for the, the you know, the the events and, and maybe the the carnival or whatever might be in the, uh, you know, around the track. And and it's really getting to promote and really get the promoter of that track attention. So I, I feel you there because I feel the tracks don't get enough promotion from an, an air perspective. Uh, so I, I I totally get where you're coming from with that. Yeah, and I agree with that. You know, a lot of times when you watch, you know, a perfect example was with Fox. I mean, this past weekend, you know, they went straight from Darlington to Coda. Like, wait a minute, you got Dover in the middle. Like, where's where's that promotion at? You know, and Dover, I mean, it's a fun track. I, I've gone there as a fan. I've worked there uh, multiple times. That That's a fantastic track to go to. I feel like mm-hmm. there's not a bad seat in that track. And that, that that's, that's something that actually really bothered me was, you know, Mike Joy just said, we're going to Dover. And then we're going to Coda and they go yep. right to a Coda promotion. And I understand it's a brand new track. You know, there's a lot of excitement behind it, but you're right. You know, a lot of these tracks, they don't get a lot of promotion. The only time they really get promotion is the week before. Yep. And, and that doesn't during COVID sales that much. You know, you want to be able no. to get that at least, you know, if I'm going to talk to a track, I tell them, hey, I want to get you on at least two to three weeks before your date. That way. If people, if you know, I get I'm small, I understand that, but hey, if someone does listen and it's like, you know what, that guy sold me on why I need to go to X track, now that gives them a little bit of time to prepare, whether it's find a hotel, rent an RV, get a tent, put time off for work, like, you know, you need at least a two to three weeks, you know, cycle, so to speak, you know, to promote the tracks to maybe actually, I feel anyways, to be able to get them maybe a couple extra ticket sales. And, and to both of your points too, I mean, as both, you know, someone who does marketing and as a fan, you know, Mike and I are both in the same area up here in the Philadelphia area. And my home track's always been Dover and Pocono. And I take so much pride in having both of those as my home track. And uh, I think that, you know, it's very important to get give them exposure whenever they can, because it helps the, uh, it helps. It it does help in many ways. As, as Siri chimed in there for you. Huh? Was that Siri chiming in for you there? Siri's a fan. Siri is a fan of Dover and Pocono too. You ask her, she'll tell you. And Siri's always right. You Android people. (laughs) Oh man. I, 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 can't stand the android people come on dan uh all right guys let's talk a little bit about this past weekend here let's start with the cluster bleep that was the truck race 12 cautions for 66 of 147 laps um you know for me everybody of lap traffic nation knows how much I love the truck race. You know, the trucks, it was really just their second time back uh, in, in quite some time at Darlington. Um, it just became one caution after another. No one really could get into a rhythm that I felt. Um, you know, they finally settled down for a little bit at the start of stage three, it felt like, but it, it, it just became, like I said, a, a bleep show. Um, Michael, what, what were your thoughts overall uh, on the truck race Friday night. So the truck race for me was honestly next to the Xfinity series. I was so excited for that race and it was a great race. Don't get me wrong. Um, it moved pretty quick. I feel like through the first two stages, you know, I remember when I was, you know, sitting at my desk, you know, writing up a story about the race. Um, I was surprised when, 
I took a look at the their final report for the race, and I think seven or eight cautions were in the last stage. I mean, this, the first two stages, it flew by. It was John Hunter Nemechek's race. He had it done, and then all of a sudden, you know, in stage three, when you know the four and I think the eighteen wrecked on the front row, it was like, oh my god, like half the field's gone. Yes. So the good news, I guess, for me was we might actually see a non-Toyota driver win because they've won every race this season, except for Darlington now at Sheldon Creed. Um, but stage three was just its own beast in itself. I mean, it, it was absolutely insane. Um, I, I picked Custer, I picked, I'm not, not Custer, Creed to win the race. Um, towards the end, I didn't think he was going to have it. I thought it was Ben Rhodes, his race to lose. I mean, Creed surprised me with the last two restarts. Yeah, no, I, I was impressed with his ability to hold off there. Um, the, the couple of takeaways for me on the truck race were, um, one, you had quite a few guys that were able, that to, that avoided that big wreck. What, 15, 16, 17 cars uh, when the 4 and 18, you know, t- to me it looked like they both kind of spun the tires on that restart, got pushed a little bit, hit each other on the side, and then just kind of collected each other. So one, for me, the fact that John Hunter was able to still rebound and finish eighth, that, I mean, that's that's something Kyle Busch does. Like when you say, oh, you can't ever count the 18 out in the Cup Series. Well, the mere fact John Hunter was able to have that type of damage that late in the race, still keep it together and, and to still get an eighth place finish. That's huge. Uh, but I also, you know, Timmy Hill finished seventh. Uh, Carson uh, Hosevar with a third place finish. Like I love when you're able to see guys take advantage of uh, an incident like that and capitalize on the day because that's big paydays for these guys. Timmy Hill, seventh place finish. Like, you know, Austin Wayne self, Jordan Anderson with a 10th place finish. And he is a, such a fan favorite out there on social media from a quote unquote underdog perspective. So to see these guys be able to go out there and get a top 10 at the, you know, historic Darlington Raceway throwback week, you know, that that's just big for a lot of those guys. And I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, if you go a little bit past the top 10, you had Ryan Truex, you had Ryan Reed, even Tyler Ankrum, you know, Ankrum was in that giant wreck and he rebounded the finish, I think in the top 15 of this or 16th. Um, those are a couple guys, especially Truex and Ankrum that needed a solid run more so Ankrum. I mean, He's he's one truck series driver that I really, really want to see succeed. And it's just all season. Something, every race has gone wrong with this 26 truck. I am with um, I'm with you. I, Tyler's uh, been on yeah, the show. Yeah, for sure. Times. Go ahead, Dan. No, I was agreeing with you both. Yeah. You know, Tyler is like, man, you know, ever since he got that win at Kansas and it was just like, man, this guy's got something. And, and you know, he's got the talent and the skill. He pulls off that top 10 every once in a while. And it's just like, man, you know, just something isn't clicking. But you can see you can see it there. And it's you just want to see it, you know. Uh, and to that, I was I, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on Johnny Sauter. You know, we, you know, such an abysmal season last year, right? And started out kind of the same way this year. But over the last three races or so, you know, he's 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 got some top tens. And I know that's not the Johnny Sauter we're used to seeing, but it's a step in the right direction to maybe start seeing some more top fives and maybe seeing Johnny Sauter in victory lane this year. One of my things with, you know, I, I've been paying attention to Sauter. Uh, one of my issues I have with him, honestly, is it seems like within Thor Sport, 
between Rhodes and Sauter. Either there's a rivalry that we don't know about. It's like every week they, they seem to find each other and, you know, the radio communications between the two, they're angry at each other. I mean, it, for your teammate, it, it sounds like, I don't know. It's a very weird situation, but if Sauter wants to really succeed this season and get better finishes, he's got to work with his teammates in some situations. Um, you know, it's all about that team chemistry. That's so pivotal. I mean, sharing information between each team. I mean, if Rhodes is better at one track and Sauter is not that great, chances are they're going to share information with each other. Mm. Rhodes and Sauter aren't getting along. There's not going to be that incentive to really help each other out. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm winning this race and he's not, I'm not helping him at all. Um, but that, that's one of the things with Sauter, I think needs to be looked at pretty hard is, you know, who's, who's the root of that problem? Is it Rhodes or is it solder? Yeah, no, I agree completely. There's you, you can see the tension, uh, you know, and and that's you know, to even the non-casual viewer can can see how they race each other on the track, which uh, I agree completely there. Um, uh, let's wrap up the truck talk. You know, race winner Sheldon Creed uh, getting into a little spat, if you will, uh, with um, um, Marcus Lemonis on Twitter there. Uh, what'd you guys think of that? I mean, <laughs> so, <laughs> so when it comes to the whole camping world sponsor Palooza, I think what Marcus is doing is very great for the sport when it comes to supporting a lot of these drivers. I think Las Vegas, there was like 10 camping world trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to see that. If you flip the coin over though, it seems like this series is in dire straits financially when the series title sponsor is putting up $15,000 to sponsor some of these trucks. And I give Creed credit because he was, he realizes what his team and what GMS is worth. Could he have said that tweet differently? Yeah, probably because Marcus is doing a lot for the sport. Um, you know, he's helped GMS before. Um, but I really feel like, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. You know, Creed realizes his worth. He realizes, you know, he's a defending series champion. I mean, he's a defending camping world truck series champion. That's yeah. how people call it. Sure. But he recognizes his worth, but at the same time, fifteen thousand dollars it's better than nothing. Yes. And well, you know, so I guess, and this is so for you like you said, you know, it's such a twofold thing. It's like, well, yeah. you, like you just said, he is the defending champion running unsponsored. Like, you know, you don't typically see that too often. And it's, you know, it, it's, GM, you know, it's a big name. It's a big team. It's a big driver. There's all these things like, you know, why, why is he running unsponsored at that point in time then? And, and to the point of, I get that. Yeah. You know, you don't want to devalue your worth, your teammates worth, the organization's worth. And, you know, if, if I, I'm so torn on it, because like you said, $15,000, a lot of money. Wouldn't you rather have something than nothing? And at the same time, I guess if enough people do that, is that going to eventually start to bring down, you know, what you're got to pay for a quarter panel or what you have to pay for a rear bumper? And that's yeah, the other I, part of the argument. Yeah, get down. I, I was just going to say, you know, I'm we always see these things with drivers. You know, they, they have, you know, their spats and they have moments and then, you know, they always say, like to Michael's point about, you know, could he have said it differently? And to Sheldon Creed's point, you know, you look at, you know, in the moment, you know, that's his reaction and that's how he felt about it. And, uh, you know, but it makes you think about all these other drivers of, you know, they look back on themselves and say, yeah, I could have maybe said that differently. 
Um, so, you know, I'm wondering, I'm one of the ones wondering, you know, does he think differently now that he said, you know, how he said it. So that was a good point. And, you know, to your marketing perspective, I, I, I agree with the Michael hundred percent on that because, you know, it's, it's a good PR gimmick, uh, and it's great brand ambassadorship for the sport. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, is it, is all that PR really going to pay your financials is, you know, there's two sides to every story. So I agree with both of you guys on that. I think it's a really good point. So the other thing to mention too about this is my fear is when a new sponsor comes into the sport now, teams already have lined up, you know, the, the, the money book that they have for here's how much we need for a typical race weekend from tires to fuel, getting the truck to the track, everything. If a new sponsor comes into this sport and sees what Marcus is doing, do you really think that they're going to easily go for the say, $70,000 per race deal? No. They're going to see that Camping World gets $15,000 to have a fully sponsored truck, and some of these trucks are championship contending vehicles. If they see that, that's going to bring the value of these deals down. And sure, for the sponsor, it's great. They're paying less money to be on the car, but for these teams, it's not going to pay the bills. I mean, GMS is not running on $15,000 sponsorships per race. They're one of the top truck teams in, in the in the whole series. Their bills are much higher because they're performing better. So that's a thing I'm looking, I'm worried about for the future of the truck series. With these new sponsors coming in, they're going to want that same deal. They're probably not going to get it, and then they're going to walk. Sure. That's, that is, that's, that's a great perspective and something I didn't even, I, I didn't think of it. And that's a great way to look at it. It's like, yeah, that's if, if you're a under budget team or I guess not under budgets, the wrong word, if you're an underfunded team, you know, that $15,000, yeah. you know, maybe looks great for, you know, maybe the 25 of Timothy Peters, but to Sheldon Creed's point, that $15,000 yeah, would it have gone a distance? Sure, but you know, if if GMS isn't going to want to cut back on their engineering, they're not going to want to cut back on their test. You know, they're not going to want to cut back on these things to be able to survive on that as being the constant figure going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's you know, like I said, that's one of my main concerns about this right sure, now absolutely. is the, the the value of the series is likely dropping yep. because these new sponsors are going to come in. They're going to want that same exact deal yep. for as cheap as possible. And yep. some of these underfunded, you know, like Timmy Hill, for example, that could be a great team. You know, $15,000 goes a long way for Timmy Hill's team, but not so much GMS or even DGR, sure. for example. Yep, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's move over to the Saturday Xfinity series that started out almost like the truck series with a couple of quick cautions there, but things simmered down a little bit. Um, Justin Allgaier quietly won this thing. You know, he was up there in the top 10, uh, both stages, and, and then kind of nickeled and dimed his way up there uh, and, and was able to hold off a charging Joss Berry and Brandon uh, Jones and, and pick up his second win on the season. Uh, Noah Gregson almost went three for three in the dash for cash. Uh, and again, m- much like the truck series, we had some underdogs up there. Jeremy Clements, uh, Ryan Sieg, Alex LeBay, you know, and also like the truck series, we had Harrison Burton who was up front and had some issues and finished with a top 10. So a lot of similarities between the truck race and the Xfinity race in terms of the racing, the cautions, uh, some underdogs, and then, you know, Justin Allgaier getting the win. What'd you guys think of it? I mean, I was, 
It was quick. I mean, that that it race was. seemed like it flew by. Yes. Um, you know, I'm very happy for Allgaier. You know, that was one of my favorite throwbacks of the weekend. You know, Ryan Williams did a great job with that. Uh, you mentioned Jeremy Clements. You know, even Tommy Joe Martins. I mean, he was running yeah. in the top five yep. at the end of stage one. I mean, Clements and Martins, those are two drivers that I really think can sneak their way into the playoffs. I mean, Clements is Clements is above the playoff cut line now. Martins, I think, is down in, I think... 15th. Uh, 15th. Yep. Um they're there and they can make this happen. Uh, you know, they're performing well across the board too. It's not like they're only performing well at short tracks. I mean, you know, Clemens is getting these top 15 runs, you know, at the 1.5 mile tracks at the short tracks. Um, they're, they're doing great across the board. Um, you know, Daniel Hamrick, you know, it's oh, so close, you know, nine races, seven top tens, second in points overall, you know, not counting the wins. Um, it, it's gotta get that win though. Like it's, it's, it's right there. Um, but, you know, one driver actually that I'm pretty concerned about, and, you know, Daniel's going to love me for saying this, uh, Robbie Herbst, you know, SHR as a whole, they're in trouble this year. But Herbst specifically, this is a championship caliber team last season. Nine wins in 2020. They made it to the final round of the playoffs. They didn't get the championship. But for Herbst's situation, there's too much teeter-tottering. You know, he has one great race and then one horrible race. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that that's a driver that I think at this rate, if he keeps performing this way, I, I cannot see him staying at SHR next year, no matter how much money Monster's bringing. Sure. All right. Let's talk about SHR for a minute since you brought them up. You know, between two series, five cars. At one point, all five cars were struggling to an immense amount, like not SHR caliper. You know, Kevin Harvick finally starting to get things back. Obviously, Kevin Harvick, you know, your upper echelon, guaranteed Hall of Famer, all that. Got it all, right? Uh, You know, then you look at, you know, their next guy, Eric Almirola, you know, got that one win with SHR. Kind of like... like you just said, you know, he's he's got moments of brilliance, but then he's got moments of just utter what the hell's going on. You know, you look at, at Cole Custer, Chase Briscoe, you know, rookie sophomore years, obviously still getting their feet wet, learning, hopefully taking detailed notes, double spacing from Kevin Harvick on a weekly basis. Um, you know, so it, it's still a matter of growth there. Um, you know, Kevin Harvick, you know, showing some top 10 consistency over the last couple of races. I really thought you know, with the success that he had at Darlington last year, that we were going to see Kevin Harvick contending for this thing this past weekend. That wasn't the case. Uh, did get another top 10, but man, I mean, it, it's Kevin Harvick and then the other guys basically at this point in time. And it's, it's not the SHR we're used to seeing. Well, that's how it was last year too. I mean, Harvick, I think had nine wins last year. Yep. And uh, Cole Custer had, Cole got his first win last yeah, year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yep. statistically speaking, that alone, 90% of the wins came from Harvick. And I actually I talked to Cole on Thursday. Uh, there's an interview that's dropping tomorrow on tobychristie.com. By the time this goes out, it'll already be up there. Um, you know, we talked about those struggles. And he told me, he said, you know, the data, we're, you know, we're combing through the data. You know, we're, we're trying everything we can to get back to that form we were at. We were performing very well. Um but if you even look at SHR and the points right now, I mean, you know, after Darlington, I mean, Custer and Almirola, they finished the last two positions possible in two eerily similar crashes. Yeah. Um, you know, they, the only driver right now that's looking really good is Kevin Harvick. You know, he's in he's in playoff contention. Um, 
as he should be, but he's also ha- he hasn't won yet this year. Oh, same with Hamlin and Elliott, which we'll touch on you know later on. Uh, but you know Briscoe was a shining light. I feel like at Darlington. I mean, after you know Cole and Amarola finished dead last. I mean Briscoe was fighting his way in the top ten a little bit. You know he was starting to show that he had it. Um, you know who knows? Maybe the road courses will be a great equalizer. You know Cole said he's excited for those. Um, it, it's a shame. I, I think it's a shame that. You know, Harvick isn't performing where he needs to after you know, such a dominant Obviously. season last year. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, all right, uh, let's talk about the cup race. Martin Truex Jr., our only repeat winner, now has three, dominated all day. Uh, very eerie reminiscence of the Coke 600 that Martin Truex dominated uh, a couple years ago. Um, you know, I thought it was a really good race. Uh, we had comers and goers all day. For me, you know, when, when I see the top tens in terms of finish and the stages stretch throughout the top 15, 16, 17 in terms of where they actually finished in a race, uh, that shows a little movement. That shows people had some things changing in the car. Maybe someone had an early setup hit, a late setup hit, um, you know, but it was the Martin Truex Jr. story there. Um you know, Kyle Larson finished second, Kyle Bush third, Kyle Bush, uh, kind of like Sheldon Creed had some social media things going on this week. Uh, you know, what, what was your general thoughts on, on the cup race on Sunday? Daniel, you want to take this one first? I, uh, so I will say this, I, my, um, I, I was very, very surprised having been at Darlington for last year's Southern 500 and witnessed in person the the memory that is now ingrained in everyone's mind when it comes to Truex at Darlington with taking out, you know, with what happened with the nine car. Uh, I, I was very happy to see him um, get the win. And it was very, I feel like it was a redemption moment in a way. Um, and I think that that was, you know, he was definitely, it was Truex and then it was all other, all the other cars in that field. He was in a class of his own. And I do think that, you know, when looking at this, the stats are going to speak for themselves, but looking at it, I think that that was very deserving for him to get that win. Yeah. And I think, you know, look at, Go ahead. Yeah, Brandon. No, I was just going to say, I, I, mean, I, I agree. It, it was, it, it, it's a great thing. You know, the only thing now that's eluding Martin Truex Jr. is that, uh, that plate race, super speedway, Daytona, Daytona, Talladega. Yeah. And, you know, looking at Darlington, this past weekend, you know, one of the major things that I was a big fan of, and I've been a huge advocate for this, is the big motor, small blade package. I mean, yesterday we saw some fantastic moments. To, I mean, it wasn't the whole race, but there was quite a few moments where, I mean, if you remember when Kyle Larson, you know, split Ryan Newman and Tyler Reddick, you know, yeah. chasing after that, that move was, that's Kyle Larson. That That's how he is. But with a different package, that move probably wouldn't have happened or would have ended differently. So, you know, the fans want the seven, they want this package so bad, as do I. And I feel like there's got to be some reason why we're not seeing it. But whenever we see this package run, it's beautiful. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of seeing, you know, 15th and down, you know, a lap down, you know, where we're, you know, getting towards the end of the race, like those long green flag runs. That's probably why I felt like the race was kind of dragged out a little bit. Um, but overall, I mean, you know, I was just happy with the racing that was on track. There was a lot of good close moments, uh, you know, seeing the drivers fight the cars. And like you said before, you know, some drivers were coming and going, you know, they were getting adjustments to their car. You know, it was, it was how the drivers were handling their race cars. Uh, that's NASCAR racing. 
as it should be. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, what were your thoughts? Uh, to me, this, it, I mean, did it bother me a smidge? Yes, just because of I, I'm a nostalgia type guy and I, and I do like to preserve things. Um, you know, I, I like the Southern 500 Saturday night race as the throwback. What did you guys think of the fact that it was, you know, earlier in the year? You know, I know we're going to go back to Darlington, but, you know, they did the throwback early on a on a Sunday afternoon race. Daniel's ready to go. I could see yeah, him. He's yeah, like he's ahead. like he's holding this like, you know. <laughs> you guys already know my opinion on this. I I think that, you know, for NASCAR to do that change is very bold, but you mean, I mean, it's the Southern 500. It's the the crown jewel of the sport. It's that one throwback weekend in August that everybody, you know, flocks to and thinks of. And when I think the Southern 500, I think old school Darlington. Like, I think that retro vibe. It's a great marketing effort for the sport. It's a great, it's just all around good times. And to do it, you know, to pull it out of its place. I mean, the sports already changed so much and especially in one season, like with all these different races we're doing this year. Um, and I mean, I don't get me wrong. I think it's still a good idea, but it's just, I, I love that idea of doing that. And it's that perfect weekend, late summer. And those are my thoughts on <laughs> You can tell after having been there, um, that, that weekend means a lot to me drastically. You know, I, I think, so I completely understand why it was moved you know having throwback and the playoff race at the same time the attention that's on playoff time is being taken away and i felt that last year watching the race but you know personally i'm more for the southern 500 being throwback weekend but at the same time i feel like if it was that way you know, because Darlington had this problem before where you had the Mother's Day race and you had the Labor Day race. And it, it was kind of unbalanced a little bit when it came to having two races. So if you put throwback weekend on the spring date, that's going to have more fans inclined to go because that's giving them a reason to go. You know, the August race, you know, the, the summer race is taken care of. That's the playoffs. It, it's you know, fans want to go to those races. Yeah, that's its own draw. If the Mother's Day race this year had no throwback theme at all, Fan, some fans probably wouldn't have been so inclined to go because I, I, I saw plenty of fans on social media, even some of my close friends. You know, they're decked out in throwback gear. They're bringing out their old cars, they're bringing out the old hats, the shirts, the pants, you know. Um, but at the same time, I feel like throwback might be coming to an end soon. Um, it's been, I think, five or six years. Um, I just feel like it's run its course, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, you know, I, I can see that. I think it was 14, and I only vividly remember that because of the Kevin Harvick throwback from 2014 being <laughs> very special. And so I think it was 14 when they started that. And, you know, yeah, you know, maybe it'd be something you bring back every two years, every three years, maybe two years mm -hmm. on, two off, you know, rotate it in. Keep it, you know, keep things being special, um, you know. So I, I, I could see that to where maybe I that fad is, is starting to dwindle a little bit. On the uh, on the throwback note, I do have a question for for both of you all. Uh, I do have two things that I want to that I want to consult with you all about. But on the throwback note, being that Michael is the design extraordinaire that I always flock to for everything, I'd like to get both your inputs. What were your favorite throwback schemes and why? Go ahead, Mike. 
I think you should go first. My answer is going to be longer. Okay. I mean, my, mine is, uh, and Dan, Dan and I are probably on the same page with this, obviously. Ours were Kevin. I, mine was Kevin Harvick. Uh, I love the throwback to senior, the old good wrench. Uh, you know, Dan and I, like, I had text Dan early in the week, and I'm like, dude, how in the world have they not announced a Harvick throwback? And it was like, well, maybe something's coming later in the week. And then I'm like, and I said, I go, I feel like they've missed out on a huge marketing opportunity to sell t-shirts and hats. Like, you know, to I get the, I thought it was cool. Like they were the last people to announce and, and all that. And it, and it was badass. but I'm like, man, I would have liked to have known. I would have bought something ahead of time just to have it for that race if I could have. But um, yeah, for me, it was definitely Kevin Harvick uh, just because, I mean, hey, I was a fan before I was a podcaster, and, and he's always been my guy. So when it comes to throwbacks, I am a huge, huge stickler for detail. Okay. That, to me, will sell me on a throwback completely. So a couple that come to mind for me, you know, Riley Herbst had a very, very good throwback to Tony Stewart, you know, Harris Lou. I know – how pain, how painstaking like the details are that he does. Uh, he puts a lot of time and effort into those cars. Same with Ryan Daly. You know, he did Quinn House uh, double zero car throwing back to Johnny Andretti. If you paid attention, you would have noticed that on the side skirts, uh, Daly half colored the side skirts because that's how they were on Andretti's car that's back crazy. when he won. In the late '90s, so details like that to me are a huge thing, you know. But you know, even he skewed the numbers the right way. I'll give Harvick that. I'm yeah, very happy the that they was... skewed the number the right way. Yeah. yeah, and not just you know, like Bubba Wallace's car, for example. I love the meaning behind it, but when it comes to like the finer details of it, you know, seeing that 23 in the classic 34 font as Wendell Scott hat, I think that would have been such a fantastic detail for that scheme. Um, you know, even Spire and HMS. I mean, Spire, I think, had the best rollout possible. I mean, their throwback was done, you know, to the driver owner who used to occupy that building. And even Corey LaJoy wore the old fire suit. Yep, and, yes. you know, Corey has such an appreciation for, for Kowicki. This The same sponsor came back. I mean, how do you, like, how do you top that? It's insane. Sure. You know, you had Chase Elliott with HMS and Hooters. I mean, they recreated that iconic image with Kowicki with the trophy. Um, Ankrum with Ricky Bobby, that you know, done by Dick Clavico. That was good. That was really, yeah. really good. Yep. That, that was great. And then you had, you know, both Kyle Williams and Ryan Williams. I mean, they did a boatload of stuff for junior motorsports, colleague, the Toyota camp. Um, I, I got to give props to Josh Berry with the junior all-star baseball yeah. throwback that, that looked pretty, pretty cool. So, like I said, I'm, I'm a huge stickler for detail. I wish so bad that they had the proper eight, but yeah. we all know why that can't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there was, there was also a few disappointing ones too. I mean, you had JTG with the 47. I don't know what that was. Um, Pollock with the 11. I mean, CGR with the 42, like they, they yeah. got some details wrong on that. Uh, but overall a throwback weekend was, was gorgeous this year. I, the Xfinity series specifically killed it this year. Yes. I agree completely there. I, uh, I agree with uh, his point. Yeah, go ahead. Dan. I, I like the I like the fact that uh, that that uh, Michael gave the credit to Harris Lou for that '98 scheme because I think he's been such a tremendous asset to SHR since he started and having followed his career and looked up to him that seeing that 
scheme come out and the whole throwback, the theme behind it, everything that they put into it. Um, I, I know he had to work a lot on that scheme. So that was definitely probably one of my, if not aside from the Harvick, obviously was my favorite for that weekend too. Excellent. Well, guys, uh, this has been a a, uh, a quick 42 minutes here. Uh, hang on the line after uh, we wrap this thing up. Uh, Michael, tell everybody where they can follow you at on social media, what they what you got coming up over at Toby Christie and all that good stuff. So Twitter, it's at Michael with two. It looks like it's two L's, but it's Michael with a capital I, Carrie, just because I wanted the two L's. Unfortunately, someone has that. I'm trying to get that, that name back. Uh, we have a lot of great stuff coming from tobychristie.com, uh, especially in the coming months. I mean, th- there's so many good things that are coming to this website behind the scenes. Can't talk about it, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, I, I got the Cole Custer interview will be dropping uh, on Tuesday afternoon, I believe. So by the time this goes out, it'll already be there. Um, but we got a lot of great stuff in the pipeline. So for all your news, exclusive content in the garage, tobychristie.com is your place. Awesome. Dan, where can everybody follow you at? Well, everybody, uh, my my Instagram handle is uh, is at Dan two underscore Ryan, and on Twitter at the Ryan five nine six two because mine don't match and I don't have matching L's in my name, so because I'm not as cool as Michael. But everybody should go follow him because his work is amazing, and I've definitely enjoyed following it along with lap traffic. So don't pay attention to me. You guys go follow them too on social media because they both they both are are great at what they do and they deserve all the credit. Oh, appreciate you, man. Appreciate right. it, Dan. Thank you. Lap Traffic Nation, huge thanks to Michael Carey and Dan Ryan for calling in tonight. Uh, guys, look forward to talking to you real soon. Same here. Thank you, Brand. Thank you. Oh, man, what a great discussion that was. I tell you what, that time flew by. Uh, I could have kept us going. I know they would have kept going, too. But, uh, man, look forward to having uh, Michael back on and, of course, Dan as well. Um, I'm going to keep things rolling here. Uh, I asked you guys on Twitter uh, over the weekend what your favorite throwback is and why from this past weekend. So let's get to some of your responses there. Uh, 83 fan at Waddle3Cody. Austin Dillon, because he's my favorite driver. Kobe Howard, because he's my favorite driver and spencer boyd because he's my favorite driver uh i love it those guys all had some great paint schemes there for sure uh jeff at jbev 1789 who you're going to hear from a little later in the fantasy segment really loved uh eric jones is not to john andretti perfectly done second goes to Corey lajoy in the co-wiki scheme i love it uh, Josh at Toyota Racing 83's got three of them. Uh, Corey LaJoy, Eric Jones, and William Byron. Uh, they look the most spot on to the original. And hey, as you heard Michael Carey a little bit ago, uh, that that that's key for a throwback is how close to the original can it be? Uh, Jess at Iowa NASCAR fan. A lot of really great ones. Harvick's brought back some goosebumps and emotion. I'll also say the best throwback was the racing with the driving, slipping and sliding in the edge of losing it with some wrecking because of it it was refreshing hey i totally get that for sure and you know me i'm a sucker for any harvick uh new diecast that i get to pre-order which has already been done uh, lisa ll jananas uh corley joy in the spire motorsports car that car it was a dead ringer for kawikis uh the side by side was a mirror image and then lajoy wearing kawikis old fire suit before the race killed it that was pretty badass that's for sure uh mark at mark underscore schaefer eric Jones, STP throwback to John Andretti's ride. That was one of the first diecasts I ever had. So small part of me still associates NASCAR with that paint scheme. Plus, it's great to see Andretti get recognized. That's really cool, man. That That's a cool little backstory there. Uh, hope you got that one on uh, pre-order. 
John at John underscore Wu. Corey LaJoy, that throwback was spot on. Chris at USMC underscore NASCAR Fire. Favorite was the seven car uh, sponsors paint uniform. Perfect. Eric at T Super Speedway. Haven't heard from Eric in a minute. How you doing, brother? Good to good to hear from you. Uh, LaJoy, 100% because Alan Kowicki and because they had the sponsor number font race shop accurate. Only thing missing was the manufacturer. 43 gets the honorable mention. Uh, Brian at Storm and B81. Do I have to pick just one? How about one for each series? Like Spencer. Spencer Boyd, Ryan Vargas, and even though I'm a Chase fan, I got to say Michael McDowell. Very cool. I agree. Uh, Patrick at Patrick Dron 19 Top three, Corey LaJoy, Martin Truex, and the throwback to Dick Johnson when he ran in NASCAR towards the 80s and early 90s. Those are some good ones there. Uh, G4 Sim at G4 Sim 2021, Martin Truex Jr., because Furniture Road deserves some recognition uh, for sure. And to close it out, Ron at Ron 300, the mobile one with the 2000 one tribute to senior the reverse good wrench paint scheme that harvick drove the next week oh you know it which takes me to my takeaway for me i got a homer out on this one it's going to kevin harvick throwing it back to his rookie year honoring the old good wrench number three in white that was awesome couldn't figure out though why they waited so long to make the announcement though to me that seemed like a missed opportunity for early t-shirt sales uh but you know, I was hoping to add that diecast, uh, the a race win diecast with that one. But uh, like I said, got that pre-ordered for the Darlington collection. Uh, like I said, wish they had saved these throwbacks for the Southern 500. But it was cool to see Fox get uh, the throwback. We've seen NBC do it a couple times and all that. And hey, based on what came out today with the numbers, uh, people tuned in. Which I mean, that's that's the the number one important piece there. So uh, thanks for the the responses and all that. And we'll keep those uh, going as weekly as possible. Possible. Uh, let's get to a little lap traffic social media. Everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, The Lap Traffic Podcast, YouTube, The Lap Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. If you've made it this far into the show, leave a review. That would be awesome. And tell your friends they can listen to the show on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever they listen to their favorite podcasts. Uh, giveaway, less than 75 away. Oh, so close. Double-digit numbers, finally. So thank you to all the... Uh, the new followers and the retweets and all that you guys know how much that means to me uh can't wait to give this uh this prize pack away and speaking of new followers todd o at fantasy racer from maine diehard nascar and jgr fan uh kc at kc buku kansas city fan nascar fan uh dave joza at dj joza from the country to the north love having some new canadian followers that love nascar and jada at nascar forever 10 nascar fan poland for kaz bubba jeffrey earnhardt josh Barry the underdog. Well, hey, hope you enjoy the Josh Barry interview from earlier tonight. Uh, don't forget about the store on the website. Get yourself some lap traffic swag. And of course, if you want some stickers in a koozie, I will send those to you for free. All you have to do is fill out the contact page on the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, and I will get those out to you. All right. Let's get Mr. Aaron Studwell on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line. You can follow him on Twitter at RaceWeather, along with Brian Newdorf at NASCAR underscore WXMAN. Keeping us up to date on the weather happenings each and every weekend. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Aaron Studwell. Sir, good evening. How are you? 
Oh, good evening, sir. I'm doing well. And yourself? Oh, I am. I'm doing good. Busy Tuesday. Pulling double duty tonight. Got uh, my show uh, going on right now, and going to be on the PETM podcast later tonight. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in demand, baby. It's tough being popular. It is tough being you. <laughs> if only I could have told 18-year-old me that, you know, 18 years ago. Oh, man. I Hold, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're 36? Eight. Yeah, I did the math wrong there. I, I bought my – I gave myself two years. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing the subtraction from my age. Let's move on. <laughs> well, man, uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, Darlington, man, put on a show for Mother's Day, whether you want to call it a good show, an entertaining show, a shit show. It was a show. It's just whatever word you want to put in front of it. It depends what night you're talking about, right. you know, <laughs> Friday night shit show. I'm like, it's just, you know, let's, let's put the Arca guys out there. We'll put them in trucks. Yeah. Nobody will know the difference. Right. No. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you know, every once in a while, that's, I, I, it's, it's not even entertaining. It just caught me off guard. Like I was expecting a quality truck race, you know, some veterans out there. I thought there might be some scrap, you know, some wrecks, uh, just with some of the younger guys and them not really having any notebooks in the truck series at Darlington, you know, last year was the first year they ran there in, in quite some time, you know? So I thought, man, it, it, it should be a little bit decent because of the fact that they do have a little bit, but not a lot of history there. And I was, you know, it, it was about it was unfortunate that the truck race was the way it was. Because if you think about the type of track we were going to, the scrappiness of the truck series, the track, the sur- you know, everything was set up for it to be great. And you know. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think you say you, you think of a place like Darlington and the history and just what the track is and what the truck series is. It's like a natural match. But mm-hmm. I, for me, the adjective was frustrating. To, it was it just, was. It it, just you just couldn't watch it. It's like, I know I've got to watch to the end, but do I have to watch the end? Right. <laughs> when like, is the end? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, come on. Can, I'm like, this thing should have been over an hour ago, you know, and I love the trucks. But and if it was a three hour truck race of, of quality. I don't care how long it is, but I'm like, all right, can we, can this thing just wrap up? I'm, I'm ready for bed. Like, you know, yeah. so, you know, and Saturday started out. I thought we were going to mirror that, but it's simmered oh. down. It's simmered down. Thank you. Yes. Um, you know, uh, and but Saturday though, wasn't without its drama, you know, Noah Gregson dash for cash winner. No, he's not, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, had a decent race at the end, you know, every all guy or fan favorite, which was cool. Yeah, and it's a solid finish for uh, JR Motorsports with Barry in second. Absolutely. Heard from Josh Barry yeah. earlier tonight on the show. Oh, which nice. Was cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yes, yeah. Uh, and then Sunday, man, you know, um, Sunday was good. I mean, if, if we're only comparing it against the, the three races of the weekend, it was fantastic. Sunday yes. was, was, a, was, a, was a solid Dar- Darlington race. You know, I get where the casual fan is going to say, oh, well, it was just it was the one guy show. It was. But there was so much movement throughout the, the field, throughout the entire race. And, and that's what made it good. Uh, you know, if, if Kyle Larson going three wide at Darlington, you know, doesn't sell you on on what things can be in the sport then i don't have too much for you it's rare that a moment makes me go ah right yes that was it yes 
Yes. And they're like, yeah, they're like downplaying. It's like, oh, yeah, if you know Larson off the track, you don't think he's going to do something like that. But if you know him on the track, right? that's him. Yes, at that, you know, and that that's, you know, there's a handful of people that could have pulled that move off. Maybe some even could and don't. Kyle Busch maybe tries yes. that move. Kyle Larson makes that move. Brad Keselowski makes that move. Uh, Harvick makes that move, Harvick especially in the last uh, 10 to go. Right. Yeah. You know, there's only a handful that are even going to try it, uh, let alone like w- when that happened in the race. So, no, I-, I-, I thought it was great. Obviously, you know, we want this horsepower and all that good stuff. So uh, I thought it was great. I thought- I thought it was a good balance, and that goes to your horsepower comment. I think just that low downforce package with the 550, I think it, it made for good racing there. Yep, yep. And I would have, and you talked about a one-man show. I, you know, I'm not anti-Larson at all. I kind of would have been disappointed. I liked seeing him catch up, but I think it was just such a dominant performance by Truex Jr. that if he didn't mess it up himself, right? I almost want—I just kind of wanted to say, like, hey, you know what? He's earned this win. It was nice seeing somebody make it that late charge, but he used his car up, and that's. That's what racing's about, too. Yes. Tire wear, car wear, stripe on the side from from the wall. Like, when you earn the win, you know, yeah, you you almost want to see the person get rewarded with that win. It's like, you know, too many times we don't see that happen, you know, or, you know, is it a pit stop issue? You know, what what happens to where that the fastest car, you know, doesn't win the race? And, and, you know, Truex did it at at, uh, Charlotte a few years ago you know there are just oh god i wanted to die right that was awful that was bad but you know there (laughs) are times like where it's just like you know hey you kicked ass good job man like good you know like yes you want to see that pay off you know with with the win so and that's what we got 100 you're correct all right man we are headed to dover what uh what do we got this weekend um you know we got to start on friday late afternoon with arca east and this is probably the only day we have really have a chance to showers isolated afternoon showers partly sunny skies uh sunday earlier start for xfinity 130 local uh variably cloudy high near 70 and uh sunday the 16th cup two o'clock start variably cloudy high of 72 so and once we get past this slight chance of showers friday night and i'm not even sure that race is televised uh looks good for the weekend Excellent. And I will be at Mid-Ohio, so That's I'm glad that one, I want, I'm glad it's not going to be raining the day of sure. Sunday. Yes. And it looks good for Mid-Ohio, too. So It takes the stress off Newdorf. Yes, it does. That's a good, <laughs> great point. Yes. He's going to be like, what, where? What, huh? Where, where are we at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Lap Traffic Nation, make sure you follow Aaron on Twitter at RaceWeather, along with Mr. Newdorf at NASCAR underscore WXMAN. Sir, great to talk to you. Catch you in a couple weeks. You will. Have a great week. Thanks, man. We'll see you. Later. Oh, great to catch up with Mr. Aaron Studwell. But right now, it is time for this week's A Lucky Dog and Lap Down Picks. You guys know the drill. Tweet your picks after the race weekend, or you can call the Wave Around Hotline 248-965-9538. Leave your picks there. My Lucky Dog race weekend, hands down, Martin Truex Jr., flat out dominant, putting out a clinic, putting on a clinic on Sunday, that's for sure. Lap Down competition yellows especially when there is a natural yellow right around it uh okay 
Let's get to your tweeted responses. Scott, 1985 Wagner's got one for all three series. Truck Edition, Lucky Dog, Thor, Sport Racing, four in the top five. Lap down the suckers that picked Austin Hill after they had a warning. Impressed he got a 13th. Uh, Xfinity Edition, Lucky Dog, Noah Gregson, three for three, dash for cash. Almost. Uh, lap down. Austin Sindrick picked him last lap corner and not get the finish. Yeah, I know. Wow, crazy was that. Uh, and then the truck edition, Lucky Dog, Kyle Busch, blow a tire, never go a lap down. That is impressive. Uh, lap down, Eric Almarola, six laps and done. Bonus Lucky Dog, listeners won't hear me again on Lap Traffic Fantasy. Uh, and throwback scheme, Corey LaJoy, Spencer Bullard, Eric Jones. You got it all in that one, brother. I love it. Uh, Jeff at JBev1789, Lucky Dog, not sure how it can be anyone but Martin Truex Jr. That was dominant Coke 600 all over again, stacking up the playoff points as well nice run lap down those cars that didn't do throwback schemes let's have the track theme the weekend again uh brian at storm nb81 lucky dog roush fenway with two cars in the top 10 that is a very great day for that team that is for sure lap down the fans who complain no matter what stop it people you're never going to be happy yeah ain't that the truth uh 83 fan at waddle three cody Lucky dog, Martin Truex, because he basically dominated the race today. A lap down is definitely Eric Almarola because he didn't get very far into the race today. Uh, Jess at Iowa NASCAR fans, lucky dog, high horsepower, low downforce. Uh, Truex dominated, and it was still a badass race with cars sliding around and losing control. Lap down the truck field, done wadded up the whole damn field. Yes, they did. Uh, Rowdy at the Rowdy Dragons, a lucky dog. Uh, pick Martin Truex Jr. Junior showing everyone that if you add a third of a mile to a short track, he can still kill it. Lap down Kurt Busch starting his Mother's Day barbecue a little early. All right, Eddie at Eddie underscore EG3's lucky dog. Sheldon Creed gets GMS in the win column after surviving the big one at Darlington. Lap down Almarola, first one out after his misfortune with 47. Uh, Eric at DET Fan 324, Lucky Dog. Throwback week was fun, I guess. Lap down Grexon, failing post race and cup race, not that exciting. Uh, Kristen at K Hogland 79. Uh, let's see here. Lucky Dog goes to my guy Truex for three wins this season. Lap down to my fantasy picks for terrible finishes. That's all right. We're resetting after next week. Uh, Janet at Froggy 16, Lucky Dog Larson for making that three wide thread, the needle work. I was screaming at the TV. And Mick. Echo Ducks 42 underscore mix. Lucky Dog Tricks. He seemed to have them covered. Lap down Kozlowski started on the pole and went backwards from there. Yeah, not, you know, so much attention elsewhere. That didn't get a lot of coverage, uh, I, I say, Mick. Uh, all right, those are your tweeted responses. Let's get to your calls on the Wave Around Hotline. Hi, Brandon. It's Matt at uh, Camper News Net. Anyway, my lucky dog for this week, and I got two. First, Martin Truex Jr., absolutely dominant. I have a lucky dog. It's race week. I'm really looking forward to um, Dover this upcoming weekend, and I'm really excited to be down there, going down there on Sunday. Anyway, with that, of course, enjoy your week as always, Brandon, Lap Trapping Nation. I'll talk to you next weekend after the race at Dover. Oh, man, thank you so much. Can't wait for your call next week. Sorry I had to cut that down there a little bit, but have a blast. Can't wait to your call uh, next week after Dover, man. Hey, Brandon, John Warrington at Racing underscore 64. Hey, I hear some good news that I was week high this week, so that was great. Um, 
funny thing is I didn't even get to watch two of the races. I didn't see the truck race or the Xfinity race this week. Uh, I have since watched them, but, uh, and my picks turned out well. I had, uh, John Hunter Nemechek on Friday night. I had AJ Allmendinger on Saturday and Martin Truex Jr. on Sunday. So that was pretty good for me. My picks for this coming week, uh, it's the last week before the reset, so everybody's pretty down on picks, but I've got William Byron left. And the way he's been running lately, I think that's going to be a good, solid pick for me. And in the Xfinity Series, I'm going to go with Justin Allgaier. That's my guy. He finally got the win, or he got his second win this week. Of course, the only two Xfinity races this year I didn't watch live are the two that he won, so... Um, I may just have to not watch the race again this Saturday, but he's got two wins in the past two or three years at Dover, so I think he's going to get another one. And uh, there's my picks, Allgaier and William Byron. Thank you. Oh, John, man, thanks for calling in. Sorry we weren't able to get the uh, schedule there uh, lined up to have you call in with your picks. Hopefully this isn't your last time with Week High, and we'll get to catch up uh, during the fantasy segment at some point later on in the season. Okay, got one more for you guys. You know who it is. It's the voice of the Wave Around Hotline. What's going on, Lefty Propagation? Voice of the Wave Around Hotline calling in after Darlington. What a damn race. I don't care what anyone says. We need more of that. Cars are relying more on mechanical grip and driver skill than opposed to aero grip. Uh, yeah, Mark Truex stunk up the show in a sense and led well over half of the laps, but at the end of the day, drivers were driving the race cars. They weren't just kind of on a Sunday drive like we usually see blocking for the air, like you see with that nonsense that is the 550 package. So hopefully when this next-gen car comes out, it's way less reliant on aero grip and more on mechanical grip and based on the bodies being symmetrical and less side force we might actually get something like that but uh, we're also going to need a tire and the tire combination at Darlington was perfect for the package it was a great race from start to finish drivers getting loose drivers hitting the wall uh, I got nothing else to say it was just a great race man I mean watching Larson try to run down Truex Truex was the I feel confident in saying that the fastest car one on Sunday, as opposed to what we've seen with Austin Dillon staying out at Texas and blocking the air and stealing a win at Texas or Joey Logano blocking Kevin Harvick for 40 laps because he's got clean air. Um, I, I feel less cheated watching that race. Lucky dog has to be, I would say, Martin Truex. He is far and away the best driver, I would say, of the 2021 season winning at three tracks that are important tracks come playoff time. And I only drive with multiple wins, so I know his you know, teammate Dennis uh, might have the most points and seems to be the most consistent, but Truex has been racing an old James Dennis Hamlin ain't. Lucky lap down, I should say, has got to be Stuart Haas racing two wrecked cars on the backstretch. And one of those drivers, both of them are going to need wins, but old uh, Al especially. So before I get cut off, I can't wait for Dover next weekend. That's one of the best tracks. 
Oh, Mr. Andrew Cantian, thank you so much for calling in. Guys, uh, appreciate it. Uh, wrapping it a little short just because I know we're going long here. But uh, thank you so much. Keep the calls coming. Keep the picks coming. Can't wait for next week after Dover because it's going to be the end of segment one in Lab Traffic Fantasy as well. And speaking of Lab Traffic Fantasy, let's close this thing out with some fantasy. Just a reminder, get your picks in by 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. Check the website if you need to see who you still have picked or available to pick. Keep the Twitter interaction up using hashtag Lat Traffic Fantasy. This is it. This weekend at Dover, we are going to crown a segment one winner. Someone's going to get a trophy this weekend. Someone is going to lock themselves into the playoffs. And I'll tell you, the standings have knotted up at the top. Get to that here in just a second. But first, got to introduce our guest picker this week. It is Jeff at uh, JBev1789. What's up, Jeff? How are you, man? Hey, doing pretty good. How about you? Oh, man, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm excited. I've not done so well in that traffic fantasy, so I hope I'm not jinxing myself, but uh, I've been excited. How how are you doing? You know, we're, we're doing pretty good. We had a, I think I was in the top four there, had a rough, rough couple weeks. Harrison Burton, he's on my list for uh, not taking stage points and taking strategy instead. But, right, right. Um, yeah, that's a, yeah. He, that's for sure. He killed me. He killed me. But we're, we're catching back up. We're doing all right. Excellent. What did you think of Darlington this weekend? Oh, man, that was that was great race. And I'll tell you, I know some people, you know, they didn't think the cup race was great. But strategy and just watching a car dominate like that, I mean, that's that's part of the fun. You're not going to be side by side every race and seeing Truex do what he did was for me, it was everything, you know. Yeah, no, I thought it was. I thought it was great. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, you you saw movement throughout the field, throughout the day. Uh, when strategy comes into play, when tire wear comes into play, uh, you know that that's what makes, in my opinion, for for a good quality race. And and we definitely got that. That's for sure. Uh, I hear you. I think uh, I think Larson Larson Truex was playing Larson a little bit there. He thought he had him, but yeah, there was no, there was no way that was going to happen. <laughs> no, no, sir. Maybe ten more laps, but not not uh, not at the schedule distance. That's for sure. Uh, well, man, let's let's talk some points here and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I had I've had second week high like four times in the last six weeks and have not been able to get any bonus points and and I've missed it by just a, a hair. That was the case this week. I picked up 142 points this week with John Hunter, Harrison Burton, Denny Hamlin. Uh, you were right behind me with 129 with Rhodes, Burton, and Truex. So you picked up yourself a bonus point for picking the race winner. Lapped traffic fantasy players. If you have fallen off or if you think that you have a bad week and that you can't recoup from that i am living proof that that is not the case uh because about one two three four five six seven about nine weeks ago i was 62nd i am no longer 62nd so if you have patience and you nickel and dime uh there is the potential to make up a big points deficit so with that said our top 10 as they stand in first four the last 10 weeks himself with 1,104 points is Fred LeClaire. In second with 1,091 is John Entwinsel. In third with 1,087 is Henry Fletcher. Ready for this? Drum roll, please. In fourth with 1,082 is yours truly. Repping the Lap Traffic Podcast. In fifth with uh, 1081 is Jess Rose. In sixth with 1077 Michael Mason. In seventh with 1068 is Brad Carnes. In 
in eighth with 1055 Michael from the Blind Spot Podcast. In ninth, our guest picker tonight with 1047 Jeff Bevan. And wrapping out the top 10 with 1040 is Pete Curvin. And then oh, bonus points, uh, Eddie Greer, Henry Fletcher, John Warrington, John Etwinsel, Scott Wagner, Tony LeBay, all have three. There's a bunch of twos, bunch of ones. Go get yourself some bonus points. Uh, Jeff, not bad. Top 10, uh, which is going to help cumulative and, and making the playoffs, man. Yeah, we. Uh, I think I fell back to like 21st or something there after those couple weeks. But like I said, we're we're making a comeback. I just I think someone's got to do a recount on that fourth place guy. I'm telling you, man, that is, you know, <laughs> thankfully I post the picks before the race weekend, right? And you know, and I'm on air saying it. So you know, otherwise the MOATF podcast would definitely be giving me some crap. That's for sure. Uh, well, man, what do you say? You ready? You ready to make some picks for this weekend? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, we are headed to Dover, and we are going to close out segment one of the Lap Traffic Fantasy League. Who do you have left in the bank? Do you have Kevin Harvick left? He's got a win in five top fives in a row at the Monster Mile. Our only repeat winner this year, Martin Tricks Jr., has three P2 finishes and a win in his last four starts at Dover. Kyle Larson, who I expect to be a top pick from everyone this week, has a win back in 2019. Fred LeClaire has been the leader for the last eight weeks. The gap has closed. Only 20 points separate Fred in first and fifth place. Who dominates the concrete? Who wins segment one of Lap Traffic Fantasy and gets a spot in the playoffs? We'll find out this weekend. But first, it is time for our picks. Jeff, start with you in the Xfinity Series. Who do you got? Man, nobody better than Justin Allgaier coming off a, coming off a win. I think you got to go back, what, five years since the last time he wasn't in the top 10. So just an all guy in Xfinity. Solid strategy there. I I am going with who I think will be a top pick, uh, Austin Sendrick, to rebound from the blunder of the last lap of Darlington. Uh, he'll be on a mission this weekend. So I'll go with Austin Sendrick. Over to the Cup Series, sir. Who do you got? You know, he, it's it's coming. I've been holding on to this one, and I, I think it's going to happen. Denny Hamlin is going to get that win. Solid pick. Used him last week. Thought it, it got me some points. I've got Blaney available. So I thought, oh, given, I'm going to use Blaney. But when I looked at his finishes as of late at Dover, it's not that good. I got to play for the safe spot and keep, my, keep, the, keep the standings alive. So I'm going to go with Kyle Larson this week, thinking that he, he's going to thread the needle and maybe thread that car up on Miles the Monster here at some point this year. So I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. It's a good pick. That, that high side at Dover, it works now. So. It does. It does. So we'll, we'll see. All right, man. Well, listen, great to, to catch up with you. Thanks for calling in. Good luck this week, and maybe we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thank yep. you. Take care. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, that is going to do it for episode 239 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Uh, make sure you follow on Twitter at Lap Traffic PC. Less than 75 to go in the giveaway. Huge thanks to Josh Berry, Michael Carey, Dan Ryan, Aaron Studwell, Jeff Bevan, all for calling in. Next week, got Jeff Striegel on Tuesday. Justin Albino will be back uh, for a bonus show on Thursday. I'll be on the PETM podcast later tonight. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Make sure you tune in each and every week to the Lap Traffic Podcast. See ya!